Happy Friday, Junior, everyone. This is Garrison Harney stepping in for your boy, the Chocolate Knox, for Thursday, July 14, 2022. Before we take a dive into the news for the day, you guys know what I want to talk about first, our conference. Folks, our upcoming Fight Laugh Feast conference is just about three months away. Can you believe it? This year's flying by fast. And it's going to be in Knoxville, Tennessee, October 6th through the 8th. Don't miss Beer and Psalms, our amazing lineup of speakers, which includes George Gilder, Jared Longshore, Pastor Wilson, Dr. Ben Merkel, Pastor Toby, and we can't say yet, more to come. Also, don't miss our awesome vendors, meeting new friends and stuff for the kids too. Like jumpy castles and, of course, accidental infant baptisms. Keep knocks away from your kids, folks. <laughs> also, did you know you can save money by signing up for a club membership? So go to fightlaughfeast.com and sign up for a club membership today and then register for our conference with that club discount. We can't wait to fellowship, sing songs, and celebrate God's goodness together in Knoxville, October 6th through the 8th. Now, as we talk about heading into our conference in October, that's heading into the wintertime, right? Reformation Day, Thanksgiving, Christmas. To me, that's really just the best time of year. Getting to spend time with your family, the weather is getting colder, and as a ginger, believe me, that's fantastic. (laughs) And we get to celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, not if our government has any say over it, as from this article unheard uh, from unheard.com, brace for winter lockdowns. Who could have seen this coming? Many of those who opposed lockdowns for the pandemic predicted that the policy, if normalized, could one day be taken advantage of by an opportunistic political force to deal with almost any crisis. It was, as Lord Sumption once suggested, a potential pathway to authoritarianism. If we confer despotic powers on government to deal with perils, which are an ordinary feature of human existence, we'll end up doing it most or all of the time, end quote. He wrote that in November 2021. Well, we're now facing just such a crisis. And there is not an insignificant chance that lockdowns might be revived, not just for knee-jerk reactions to cope with a prevailing health crisis, but also, troublingly, an economic one. The monkeypox healthcare may have failed to get traction, but as COVID cases begin to rise again, the slow beat of pro-lockdown messaging is beginning to circle again in the mainstream media. For now, the public remains far from receptive, but this could change as soon as energy shortages and supply chain issues begin to bite this winter, which they surely will. The public has already been primed to believe that lockdowns were great for generating energy savings. We saw the evidence of that with our own eyes. Traffic jams disappeared. Oil prices went negative. Air pollution reversed. In the face of late Soviet-style chaos on the streets, unconstrained inflation, not enough electricity to heat the homes of the vulnerable, the prospect of order emanating from the, quote, temporary suspension of market economy might seem appealing. It's even easy to predict the messaging that might feel compelling. Stay home, don't queue, save energy. Or bread and energy is cheap if you stay home. Let the government take care of you. But here is why we must not fall for this line of logic. Planned economics are what got us into this mess to begin with. Not meth, well maybe that too sadly. COVID 
The war on Ukraine and sanctions against Russia may have all added accelerants to the fire, but the smolders were burning ever since the 2008 global financial crisis nearly brought down the system. It's just that the consequences of papering over the flaws in the system rather than properly addressing them only because visible in late 2021. It took 70 years for the communist system to fall apart under the weight of its own capital misallocation. We've managed to achieve it in about 14 years. At the heart of the problem is the poorly thought out subsidization of negative sum business models propelled by excessive cheap money in the system. In the communist period, this sort of misdirection was the fault of state bureaucrats who had no idea about what people really wanted. This time, it's been driven by deep-pocketed Western venture capitalists who became convinced that outsized rents from monopoly interests could compensate for short-term non-profitability. That's not to say the market economy is perfect or free of its own negative externalities. If definitely needs political guidance and a moral backbone to stay on course. But locking people down is not the answer. This only addresses the symptoms, not the cause. Our best path out of this mess is to keep the system as free as possible so that the people themselves can innovate their way out of trouble. Necessity, as they say, is the mother of invention. Allowing human ingenuity to thrive in a free system is our best chance to solve our economic woes. Wow. And again, that was from unheard.com. All of our sources are available in the show notes, and that is terrifying stuff. This is what CrossPolitik has been arguing for along the way. And maybe that's the reason why we've been banned from YouTube time after time. Also, this is another good reason to come to our conference, by the way. Our topic seems pretty in line with the story, no? Moving on, Who Chief urges... Bring back face masks as COVID pandemic nowhere near over. This is the same organization who now doesn't know what a woman is. The World Health Organization is urging governments to reinstitute COVID measures like masking and ventilation as its leader speaks of concerns over an increasing trend of deaths. As the British government, along with many others of wealthy countries, have all but abandoned coronavirus restrictions, the WHO director, General Dr. Tedros Adhaman, has said the pandemic is nowhere near over. It comes as the new ONS figures have today showed that more than 200,000 people in the UK had COVID-19 recorded on their death certificate since the pandemic began. I wonder how many of those were from motorcycle accidents with COVID, (laughs) but I digress. Infections and hospital admissions are once again on the rise, driven by the coronavirus subvariant Omicron BA.2. The names just get longer and longer. Experts have warned that the new variants can reinfect even those with some form of antibody immunity in a matter of weeks. Amid a spike in COVID transmission and increasing hospitalizations, Dr. Gabriasis, I'm pretty sure that's how you say it, Gabriasis, <laughs> urged governments to deploy tried and tested measures like masking. It tried and tested, right. Improve ventilation and test and treat protocols. I am concerned that cases of COVID-19 continue to rise, putting further pressure on stretched health systems and health workers, he said. One of the more concerning variants and subvariants being tracked by the WHO was BA 2.75, nicknamed the Centaurs. (laughs) 
any other mythological names we can come up with. Let's keep at it. Scientists believe the COVID strain, which was first discovered in May in India, may be able to spread rapidly and infect people regardless of immunity from vaccines and antibodies. Of course. Governments were now facing several interlinked challenges around their response to the coronavirus, including Omicron subvariants and reduced testing and sequencing. Another challenge was communicating risk and building community trust in health tools, as well as public health social measures like masking, distancing, and ventilation. That was according to the doctor who they've been quoting in this article. I wonder why people don't trust the government or the World Health Organization in regards to this stuff. That's surprising. The pandemic was, quote, nowhere near over, he said, adding that we are in a better position than at the beginning of the pandemic to push back. While progress had been made in the form of tools preventing hospitalizations and deaths, these should not be taken for granted. The doctor urged governments to regularly review and adjust their COVID-19 response plans based on changing situations. The idea of restrictions being brought back in the UK was raised on Tuesday. If an increase in cases worsens, the backlog facing the NHS. The WHO's warning came just days after a SAGE advisor blasted the Tories for failing to take the urgent action needed to stop huge numbers of hospitalizations and unnecessary deaths. Time for more lockdowns, just like the article above I read. Oh, good stuff, good stuff. Moving on and back to our bad economy. According to Yahoo.com, rents in the U.S. rise at fastest pace since 1986, buoying inflation. Rents rose in the U.S. last month at the fastest pace since 1986, helping to propel overall inflation to a fresh four-decade high. An index measuring rent on primary residence was at 0.8% higher in June than the month before, an acceleration from the 0.6 increase recorded in May. According to the Labor Department's report on consumer prices published on Wednesday, in the 12 months through June, rents were up 5.8%. Those costs are soaring across the country as would-be homebuyers get priced out by the fastest-rising mortgage rates in decades and slide back into the overcrowded rental market. But rent growth may be peaking as affordability concerns mount, and a surge in construction of new units is poised to start adding to the available inventory. The Labor Department's measure tends to lag behind other estimates, so it's likely that rent increases will continue to rise and raise inflation in the Consumer Price Index through the rest of this year, according to Mark Zandi, chief economist of Moody's Analytics. Quote, the big increase in CPI rents is catch-up with a consistent double-digit growth in market rents, Zandi said. The good news is that the market rents appear to be topping out as renters are not able to afford the higher rents and are balking. More rental supply is also coming. This will take a year or two to have a meaningful impact on market rents, end quote. Nearly 836,000 multifamily units are under construction, the most since 1973, according to Jay Parsons, chief economist at Riedel Page. But most new construction targets higher income tenants and not the lower end, where supply shortages are most extreme, he said. Rents along with a category known as owner's equivalent rent that often moves in tandem across account for more than 30% of the consumer price index, giving them outsized weight in overall inflation trends. Given the close ties between rents and wages, the accelerating pace in increases will keep 
Federal Reserve officials on an aggressive tightening path. Average hourly earnings for production and non-supervisory workers rose 6.4% in 12 months through June and have generally outpaced rents since the pandemic began. A reversal of that trend that prevailed through, throughout much of the economic expansion of the 2010s. But the gap has narrowed in recent months as increases in earnings have moderated and rental inflation has accelerated. You know, our economy may be weak, but you don't want your children's education to be weak either, do you? Well, that's why you need to talk to our sponsors, Classical Conversations. Classical Conversations supports homeschooling parents by cultivating the love of learning through a Christian worldview in fellowship with other families. They provide classical Christ-centered curriculum, local like-minded communities across the United States, and in several countries, they train parents who are striving to be great classical educators in the home. For more information and to get connected, please visit their website at classicalconversations.com. Again, that's classicalconversations.com. Before we go, it's time for the topic that I love. Sports! You know it. And it's my favorite, LeBron James, who's not the GOAT, by the way. That's Michael Jordan. LeBron James says Brittany Griner should question returning to the United States. NBA star LeBron James questioned if WNBA star Brittany Griner should return to the United States whenever she is released from her incarceration in Russia, which could be up to 10 years, by the way. The Los Angeles Lakers star made the comment about the Phoenix Mercury star in a trailer for his show, The Shop, which is scheduled to air on Friday on Uninterrupted's YouTube channel. I won't be watching. (laughs) And LeBron says, quote, Now, how can she feel like America has her back? I would be feeling like, do I even want to go back to America? Yes, I want to stay in communist Russia. Of course, James later took to Twitter to clarify his comments. Quote, my comments on the shop regarding Brittany Griner wasn't knocking our beautiful country. (laughs) That gives you hundreds of millions of dollars. I was simply saying how she's probably feeling emotionally, along with so many other emotions, thoughts, etc. Inside that cage she's been in for over 100 plus days. Long story short, hashtag bring her home. Powerful, LeBron. Powerful. This isn't the first time James has commented on Griner's situation. In June, he demanded action from Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, the people he endorsed, by the way, to bring Griner back to the United States. Although now he apparently wonders if she should come back to the U.S. Quote, we need to come together and help do whatever we possibly can to bring BG home quickly and safely, he posted on Twitter. Our voice as athletes is stronger together, end quote. Griner has been detained since February 17th after vaping cartridges containing oil derived from cannabis were allegedly found in her luggage while going through an airport outside of Moscow. Just stupid, by the way. Stupid. You know how things are over there in Russia with their law and whatnot. I mean, there's the KGB. Interestingly, Phoenix Mercury coach Vanessa Nygaard recently wondered if Griner's situation in Russia would be resolved already if it were LeBron James, not Griner, that was detained. Quote, if it was LeBron, he'd be home, right? Nygaard asked. It's a statement about the value of women. It's a statement about the value of a black person. Wow. The statement about the value of a gay person, all of those things we know, we know it, and that's what hurts a little more. Strong words from a white woman. But wait a minute, wait a minute. What is a woman? Is Nygaard a biologist? 
I don't think so. Here's the deal. I don't want Griner to rot in a Russian jail, despite her hateful and uneducated view of America, or for the fact that she's rejecting God's natural law for marriage, or the fact that she thinks she could beat DeMarcus Cousins in a game of one-on-one. We all know. The, we all know. You get the idea. Keeping image bearers of God in cages is wrong and wicked, and we need to get back to a biblical form of justice. So here's hoping she's out soon. This has been your Cross-Politic Daily News Brief. If you like the show, go ahead and hit that share button for me, would you? If you want to sign up for our conference, a magazine subscription, or become a club member, or all three, the trifecta, you can do all of that at fightlapfeast.com. And as always, if you'd like to become a corporate partner of Cross-Politic, let's talk. Go ahead and email me at garrison at fightlapfeast.com. For Cross-Politic News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great day, and Lord bless.